You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Your greatest asset are these amazing people you work with. And one of the questions you're going to ask is how do I increase the retention of these great people? Most specifically, new team members. Because when you can keep the right type of people, your life gets better and your practice gets better. So today I bring on our operations director. Her name is Christina Byrne. She is awesome. And she gives us four keys to increase new team member retention. Please listen to this. I know you guys will enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You're doing the jam. I get to bring the greatest thinkers, coaches, leaders in all of dentistry to bring great information to you to help you improve your practice and your life. And have you ever thought to yourself, how do I increase new team member retention? Well, I hope you've thought of that. Today, I've got Christina Byrne, the Director of Operations. We call her the huge, I don't know, we have so many nicknames for you, but very much in charge here. Chris, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Of course. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So just so you guys know, if you're listening or watching, Chris runs so many things here. Actually, we give Chris more and more responsibilities and we just feel really good about them and they get done and that's a good thing, but also... Uh, we're just super grateful. And what that means is she's just good at getting things done, understanding how they have to be done, coordinating everybody. And the team member process is a huge part of this. So, Chris, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's start here. I always want to start with the why. Now, just in, in case you guys don't know, because we have a lot of new listeners, we are a practice coaching company. So I want you to know we're not making this up. We're not just going, hey, we're going to pull something out of thin air. We coach practices all over the country. And they're really good practices. Some of them amazing. Even the best have challenges with this. And so we're going to share some insights, some secrets, and some tips to help you, you know, make your conditions better in your office. But Chris, let's start here. Why is this so important in the the, the world of dentistry? Well, I think the I think the the key is that um, we want to make sure that they're that people don't feel the stress of being left on their own when you hire somebody. So basically, um, the key to 
team member in retention starts at the onboarding process, right? So there's a lot of things that go into hiring a team member and that's great, but a lot of times the doctor thinks, okay, we're done. Like I've hired that person, now they should know what to do. Right. And that is just not the case. And so it is so important that we support that team member and give them all the tools to be as successful as possible because it, it costs a lot in time and money and stress to keep bringing new people in. So, so the key to retaining your, your great team members is to start at the beginning, which means starting with the onboarding process. Yeah. And so we um, have a little joke by saying, you know, team members aren't onboarded. They're waterboarded a lot of right. times where you just throw. And the truth of dentistry is if you're a dentist and it's a smaller operation, you don't really set the team member up for success. You hope by osmosis, they're going to pick up a lot of these processes and you have to do a lot of patient facing care, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. Can you speak to this? Like the world hasn't, we've recovered from COVID, but we haven't recovered from a confidence. There's still a lot of uncertainty in the workplace. Can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that comes up is I, I know a lot of our teams and a lot of our doctors are stuck in this, um, gerbil wheel really of tolerating bad team members because they're so afraid of the market. There a lot of people have not come back to the market. So we've got a lot of jobs and not a lot of people to fill them. So one of the things that can set you apart is having a really robust onboarding process and training process. And, you know, just to be transparent, we go through that ourselves. And so we're, you know, whenever I've interviewed someone for a new position here at ACT, almost every person will ask me, what does the training look like? How, what's the onboarding look like? And I'm I'm really proud to say that we do walk the talk and we've got our, you know, 333 onboarding process, which we're going to link in the show notes. Um, and it's, it's really a way to kind of dial in on, you know, we're not just saying, okay, go do this job. We're saying, okay, by the end of three days, you can, you should know how to do this. By the end of three weeks, you should know how to do this. And same thing for three months. And I think that when we can put those, those, when we can compartmentalize the job and then build on the job, it gives everybody more confidence to, to do the job better. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll also find that your best performers will outpace the, you know, the requirements. They'll come to you day two. Now, now just to add some further light to this, what they have to know at the end of day three is pretty simple stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, Seriously. what are your hours? Where did the dentist yeah. go to dental school? Is the dentist married? Like a lot of those things that any do we provide. Yes. So <laughs> any well, you know, intended team member will show you they want to outpace that. It also creates uh, an, an objectivity to where they need to be at sure, what sure. time. Because if you're like me, you're a wuss, you go, oh, they're great. And you don't really give them a lot of guidance. And so both are set to fail. And so then you hire or you fire on emotion, which is typically longer than um, you probably should. So you want to take your time, hire the right way, but then also give the team member the ability to succeed. And these are called systems. Now, another big why, Chris, is that you need to set yourself apart in a yeah. time where there's so many jobs and so few applicants. Can you speak to that? 
Right, right. Well, that's like, just like what I was saying is that I get asked that question a lot. So I think when you're when you're looking for someone and when you're interviewing someone, let them know ahead of time that you do have a well thought out, documented onboarding process. Because I'll tell you what, if it's me and I have a choice of two positions, that's the one I'm going to go to. Because that to me says that they care about the new team member and they're willing to invest in my future and my career. And so I think that is going to be one thing that sets you apart. And, and it might even be a great idea to put that in your ad, you know, full onboarding process, um, detailed and outlined, um, you know, just giving, letting the applicants know too, that this is what we do. And of course, if you're going to do that, you have to follow through on it. Um, one of the things, and again, going back to the whole importance of onboarding as like the number one thing to keep team members retained. Um, I was reading, there's a recent Gallup study that said that only 12% of employees strongly agreed that their organization did a great job of onboarding the new hires. That's 12%. So, so think about that. That, that really can set you apart. If only 12% of people are doing that now, be, be one of them, you know, and, and shout that from the rooftops. Yeah. And your first thought might be, well, Christina, this is going to be expensive. It's going to take time. Well, think of the opposite. You know, if we don't, you're either going to invest up front or you're going to pay for it later. So making sure that people succeed right away is important. It makes a huge statement too. And so remember the title of this is retention. So Mm -hmm. you're thinking performance, but what you're ultimately doing is sending a retention message. Like we care, we're going to onboard you. We're going to make sure that you're really well supported before we put you into the environment. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So and what else is important in uh, onboarding? So, you know, the most successful pieces, you know, everybody thinks like, I got to train this person how to be a good assistant. They need to know how to mix this and do that and scan this. But th- we also need to um, give them time to understand our culture as well, because that's really important, too. And that's another thing that needs to be identified um, in the in the hiring process and also throughout the onboarding process, I like to pair new hires with existing coaches and get our existing coaches involved in that process too, because then the new team member can understand the culture from somebody else rather than the person who hired them. Yeah. So I think that's really important um, because because we we do stress that and that that is a huge reason why people come to us. Yeah, I think that's brilliant too, Chris, what you're seeing, because most dentists or most anybody who's an entrepreneur will think all about the details of the job. So yes, you do want to train them, but really what you're talking about is the culture and the values up front. Now, I want you to speak to how important that is because a lot of people skip over it, but let me help the listeners understand. You only hire people for two reasons. Number one, they fit your values. Let me let that resonate for they fit your values and number two they can do the job they can get results you don't hire them because they're nice because they're your neighbor they came with the practice you heard about them ultimately you want and so when it comes to fitting your values your culture and values have to take center stage what does that mean yeah, 100%. You know, it, it's got to be the the overseeing factor as to everything that we do. So for example, if I am, um, you know, having a team member and they're struggling, let's say, right? So if you have a really good c- culture in place and you lean into your core values, 
you're going to be someone who looks inward to say, okay, if they're struggling, what is my role in this? How can I help to support them? If you don't have that good basis and that good foundation of a great culture and core values, then you're going to be looking outward and saying, well, that person doesn't know what they're doing when really, you know, if you need to set that up and set them up for success. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, the people who fit your core values and want to be there are going to exceed your expectations. So when we give our 333, I lay the whole thing out for people. Like they know, they know what they need to be doing by the end of three months. And the goal is that they, they are going to accomplish everything sooner because, because we're setting them up for success, because we're, um, showing them that, that these things are important and they're going to want to stay involved and they're going to want to stay a good fit. Even if they feel a little bit uncomfortable, if they feel that the fit is better, then that's one of the things that they're going to, they're going to stay for. Yeah, you're touching a hot button here because we've learned so much about this, even firsthand as as we've leaned into this. The more you lean into your core values, the less crazy stuff you deal with. And really, mm-hmm. if you look back at anything that didn't work well, you'll see the absence of the values, which were the behaviors that guided the organization. And so, number one, when it comes to core values, a lot of people are very familiar with this, but they say, oh, yeah, we did those and we put them on the wall. They have to be alive and well. And what that means is you have to see evidence them, evidence in them every single day. So if you're watching the video, yeah. I keep this right next. You know, we give out gold medals. Chris has got a few. When the behavior shows up, we reward people, acknowledge them. And we also do that in our community for our clients. Here's another test. When you create a logo, ask yourself or keep data on how many of your team members actually wear the T-shirt. So right. Laura today, I love it. Laura is our office manager. She comes in, she's wearing her brand new Core Values T-shirt. I didn't ask her to wear that. We don't have a dress code on Mondays. That's when you start to see they're buying into it. They believe in it because they're going to get questions when they go to the coffee shop, they go over yeah. here. It really is a cool way to differentiate mm-hmm. How, and remember, you spend 30% of your life breathing it at work. Why mm-hmm. not make it an awesome environment that screams volumes about who you are? So Right, right. And I it. think it's important from the from the doctor's perspective to to take that on themselves, right? Lead by example. Don't just put them on the wall. Don't just put them on a medal or a t-shirt. You actually have to, that team member, that new team member needs to see them coming alive every day. And it has to start with the doctor or the leadership team, because um, if they, if that doesn't happen, they're, they're going to know that they're, that it's fragile. Right. And that it's, it can be broken at any time. But if they see the doctor actually doing this and, and living by these core values, they're going to be way more likely to stay when they see that they're alive. Um, and I love that idea about, you know, we, we do this with our team is like when we hire somebody new, we send them a swag bag and they get a couple t-shirts, a couple sweatshirts, they get their, um, their core value. Love <laughs> I, it. We don't have these anymore, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's really important if you have that, like create something new for new, new team members. That's, that's so much fun for them. Yeah. And if you're thinking for a second, gosh, you don't understand where I practice. There's not a lot of people filling out these. Listen, everybody's in the same boat. If you have a friend that owns a restaurant, everyone is struggling for really good people. And I would say this, when the water line is low, 
that's when you have to up your game. So if I'm a really good chairside assistant and I practice in your town, you'd probably fire me after a day if I worked for you, chairside <laughs> assistant. But like, if I'm really good at what I do, chairside assisting, working at the front or being a hygienist, I know that I'm good. And I want to pick somewhere where somebody cares about the value that I can contribute. They stand for something bigger than just the work or growth and scale and more teeth and bigger cases like the work matters here. And so what you're doing is you're sending a very strong message. You're going to keep the people that really care about the work and the environment. Don't you think, Chris? hundred percent. hundred percent. What's the third? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that is why most people do stay is because they, that is super important to them. You know, it's not, it's not the paycheck. It really isn't. And, you know, most people, they, they want to feel appreciated and they want to feel like they're in the right place and that, you know, everybody's doing something that's worthwhile and valuable. Yeah. Can I just share a f- fun story that you didn't know yeah. I was going to share? Cause this is your know. favorite, this is your favorite stuff as a, okay. as a, as a, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, one of our awesome team members, her name is Angela. She went out <laughs> to dinner with a friend who didn't like where they worked. And she only listened to this garbage for so long. And then she just went off. And now if you've ever met Angela, she's the nicest person ever. (laughs) But what she did is she put her flag in the ground and said, listen, I've just heard you complain constantly. Am I saying this right? Chris, like, is there anything? I I mean, we don't want to share too many details, um, but, but here's what I loved about it. I watched a team member of ours who I love dearly, who does it. She's so sweet. Stand up for something. And Mm -hmm. that was my favorite thing in that email. She shared the email with everybody on the team. She told this person to just like call it out. Like, don't, don't just sit there and complain, like do something about it. And the person was like, oh, you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And Angela was like, I would never work somewhere where I didn't feel like I could call out the owner of the company even. Right. And, and she does do that. And you know, because we have this culture and this, this area of trust around us that anybody who does anything like that is it, we are all for the best part of the company, right? Like we are all just trying to push things further. And so you know, there's never any like disgruntledness about it. You know, everything is, is for the good of the company. Yeah. You're exactly right, Chris. Cause what you think about that person when they're all in on your values, he's like, I'll do anything for them. It goes way beyond work. I'll, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Now, trust me, we're not riding unicorns and rainbows in here trying to describe (laughs) it. We have, we work hard at this and you can too, but what you have to do long-term and let me go back to the big why. When you retain new team members and existing team members that fit your value system, building a great team around you is the most important thing you will ever do in in dentistry, in life, in anything, because you're going to enjoy yourself. You'll enjoy the work. They can do things you'll never be able to do. So I think all of us, and I'll add one more thing on the values thing. No one will screw it up more than the top leader. No (laughs) one screws up at Act Dental more than the bald guy here. And what you can create is a system of accountability where they will call you out on it. They'll call you out in meetings and go, I'm just going to call you out on this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you've got to embrace that. So, right. No, I caution doctors too. And I always let them know, look, when you're putting these core values in place, they, that is a mirror. Like you, you have, you are allowing your team members to say, Hey dude, or, you know, you're not, you're not following this. This, this isn't showing up on your end. And if, if that were me, I'd be like, thank you so much for pointing that out because I never want anybody to feel like 
they're, you know, that, that this is not the place that they thought it was. Right. But, but we're all human, right? And you get bogged down. And so it's okay. And like you said, we work hard at it. And it's because we are intentional about it um, that, that our core values are so important. Love it. Love it. Love it. And the third key here to increase new team member retention is to really provide clear, consistent communication around roles and responsibilities. What does that mean, Chris? Well, it means don't just hire somebody and say, okay, you're going to be an assistant and then leave it at that because that is so broad and so vague. So oftentimes when we're in a room and we've got a room full of dental assistants and hygienists and admin team members, and we ask the question, like, how would you feel? Who, show of hands, who would like to have a detailed outline and job description of everything that your doctor is expecting of you. And every single person raised their hand. So from the doctor's perspective, they think two things like number one, oh, they should just know what I want. They should just know what to do. And then the other side of it is sometimes they don't want, the doctor doesn't want to appear mean, right? I don't want to tell people what I want, but that's what they're asking you to do, right? right? So how can we expect somebody to thrive in a role when we haven't told them exactly what that role is and how they can be successful? So having the that really clear outline and job description and responsibilities and what are you accountable to and what are, you know, what are the results that we're expecting you to get for us? Um, that's going to be amazing. Um, another study I looked at, it was a 20,000... Uh, 2018 study showed that employees are 23% more likely to stay at a job when they know exactly what's expected of them. So I think that's huge. And so we need to really be as clear and consistent around what that is. And when I say consistent, I mean across the across the responsibilities of all job all the jobs, right? So all the assistants need to be responsible and you know, have certain things that they're responsible for. You can't say, okay, well, this is what you do, but I'm not going to hold Mary responsible because Mary's my neighbor and blah, 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 whatever. Everybody has to be held responsible and held accountable to the things that are important to the practice function. Yeah. We say around here, specific is terrific, vague is the plague. And I borrowed that from a friend of mine who helped grow the enterprise uh, rental car. And he, he has since retired and he's done extremely well, but he was one of the chief turnaround experts in that. And it's just a great motto to live by because here's what happens. If I don't know exactly what's expected of me, I make up my own story. And that may not be the story that you have for me as mm-hmm. a leader. So make sure you enc- encourage me. You know, specific is terrific. So I love right. that. And then- and- Set up an environment where if if you if you are clear and you you think you've been clear, go one step further and encourage your team members to come to you and ask for further clarity if they don't have it because it's not on them if they don't understand what you said. The responsibility of a message being delivered is on the deliverer. So if I've given somebody direction or instruction and they don't understand it, I want to I want to have a culture where they feel comfortable coming to me and say, you know what, I really didn't understand what you said. Can you can we go through this one more time because I want to make sure I do it right instead of somebody just saying, well, I don't want to ask her. I'm just going to do it. And then it's wrong. And and so then nobody wins. So I think that that goes back to the culture piece of setting up an environment where everybody has the freedom and and the ability to get as the best clarity for them. 
because people learn and hear in different ways. Like some people are very visual. Some people need step-by-step instructions. Um, some people need to hear it instead of just look at, you know, so everybody has a difference there. So we need to honor that for people. And some people need all of it and need to be told again and again and again and again and again. And again. So, you know, they got to hear it seven different ways, seven different times. So don't think you just said it once and it works. Now, one of the things that you do for our company and you also teach this for the ACT community is this thing called check-ins. They're very different than performance reviews. Can you explain what those are and how they play a role? Yeah, I mean, performance reviews, I really hate that term because it's it doesn't really... It doesn't support the growth of that person in their role. So it's almost like it's a performance review is almost like a lagging indicator and a check-in is like a leading indicator, right? So I can tell you how you've done, but I'd much rather sit down with you and say, hey, here's where you are. Let's look, let's talk about some ways that you can grow and and improve upon some of the things that you're doing already that are that are great. So to me, I think that's a much more healthy way to have a conversation with a team member. Um, and we, I do them every two weeks with every single coach and I love it. And, you know, in the beginning, of course, it's a little awkward, especially if it's a new team member, they don't know what to expect, but now I think everybody really likes the cadence. And I mean, most of them have them set up, you know, for every two weeks for infinity, which I love. (laughs) Um, so I, I, I think just having that check-in and it's not really about you didn't do this you didn't do that it's really about how can i help you um i want to have a little bit of a personal connection with with the team and and you know get their personal high personal low whatever they're willing to share i don't ask people to you know be completely vulnerable if they don't want to be um but i and then we want to know like how how's it going professionally and i'll ask you know what's going on with your clients is there anyone that you're struggling with what can i help you with um and so i think it's really a valuable way to to just build a deeper relationship and a deeper connection with the people you work with yeah one of the greatest questions to ask anybody is what do you believe about team members and retention And most dentists will say, I care. And the second question is, well, what do you do that supports what you just said? And this Mm -hmm. is one of those things that you can say as a leader, like what you do screams, I care or I don't care. A check-in is crazy important, screaming that you care. It's a system. It's not Mm -hmm. just every once in a while or when things go bad. It also helps you make the transition from being their boss, which you are, to their coach. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I help you? And I'm having these weird things as you're talking, Chris, because I, I get to see a lot of CE and Brene Brown, who we love, said at, yeah. at the ADA opening session, she said, y'all need a set of values. There was 5,000 people in the room. She said, how many of you have a set of values? The number of hands that went up would shock you. There were so few. And then wow. she said, you got to do check-ins. I don't care how you do them, but here's how I would do a check-in. Now, this will change the way you think about team members. She said, When you see a team member and you're checking in with them and they're just a little off, just say this, what does support look like for me today? Mm. That's pretty powerful because you Mm -hmm. might think I'm going to give them a lot of rah, rah. That might not be what they need. Like Mm -hmm. you're opening the door. They may not say nothing, but the fact that you even ask the question separates you from every other leader I've ever had. Just saying, listen, I got your back. It might be nothing. It might be, hey, I just need to be able to leave a little bit early today. Just open the door. And your language, your questions matter. Trust me, Mm -hmm. this works in retention. It screams, I care. So think about it differently than just a performance review 
or how do you do your job better? It's more of a personal check-in. So I love that. So, yeah. And the other thing it does is it helps again to continue to deepen that trust, not just with new team members, with existing team members as well, because if you encourage that feedback to come the other way, right? Like you said, how, how's it, what's the best way for me to support you today? Or, you know, how can I be better? How can I be a better coach for you? And it encourages that feedback to come from the bottom up. And I think that's really, really cool. And it shows that the leader wants to get better as well. You know, just because you're in a leader leadership position doesn't mean you're done. Like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I don't have to do anything, right. right? So I think it's really important for team members to see that and to, to be, you know, to, to see that their feedback has been taken and is valuable. I love it. I love yeah. it. And the fourth key here is these two words that everybody struggles to use. What are they, Chris? Thank you. <laughs> Why is it so hard to say that for some people? Ah, I, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, I just can't remember. I'm busy. I'm wrapping up the day. Or, you know, why do I have to thank somebody for doing a job that I hired them to do? I mean, that one just really threw me for a loop. Right. But I think it's, it's just um, a great way to acknowledge that, yeah, they are there for a job and that is the job you hired them for. And it's still nice to be appreciated, right? And I, and I always call this out, Dr. Marty Tingzon, who I worked for for years before I worked at ACT, there was not a day that I worked there that she did not say thank you at the end of the day. Yeah. And it just meant so much. I mean, it was, it just was nice that she appreciated that we were there and that we did our job and we took care of the patients, you know, her name's on the door. So, you know, it was just really nice that, um, that she had that acknowledgement for us. Yeah. And I think everybody knows that, like, thank you, how powerful it is, but I'll yeah. bear my, I'll bear my soul in this just so that if it helps anybody listening. So most of you want to say thank you. You're built with it. Your family values taught you to say thank you, but there are days you don't say thank you. And I'll tell you what my journey was. It was, I didn't really want to say it because I was out of equity with either the team member or something mm -hmm. like that. So it became a fake thank you. Like, oh, like, oh, you're not really a great team member, but I'm going to say thank you anyway. And it wasn't the team member's fault. It was the mm -hmm. fact that I wasn't a strong enough leader to hold the values high to discourage bad behavior. So people that behave badly, that perform well, I would say thank you. And I would think to myself, gosh, I just feel dirty after saying that, <laughs> even though I appreciate what they did. Here's what I'm saying. This is a lifelong journey for everybody. And what we're trying to do is give you all the... If you're not saying thank you, just ask yourself why or ask another team member, why can't I say thank you? Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know what the answer is, but there's usually something deeper that won't allow you because you say it to Uber drivers, you say it to restaurant <laughs> workers, you say it to anyone who's truly like you're in equity. Most of the times you don't say thank you with somebody that's out of equity and it's usually not their fault. If you follow Chris's rules where you <laughs> onboard the right people, they have the right value system. You give them clear feedback. My hope, anecdotally, will be it'll be easier to say thank you. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like you said, if you're not saying thank you, there's a reason. And it could be it's just not the right person. and Or maybe it's, like you said, our, our responsibility. We haven't onboarded them in the right way. So I think, it's, I think it really does help to, um, you know, again, build that culture 
And it also, when it's a new team member, giving them kind of an, uh, you know, add a, add a girl, add a guy, whatever, you know, um, you're doing a great job. Thank you for, for sticking around with this onboarding and going the extra mile. I think it gives people it gives people a sense of accomplishment and also the confidence to do better and yeah. to work ahead, right? Be a little bit more proactive in their learning. Ask for, you know, hey, I, I heard this podcast with this bald guy and he talked about this book. Can I get that book? I'd like to read it, right? right? And so like, if that ever happens, like, yay, that's amazing. I would always tell a doctor, if your team member comes to you and they want to read a book that's not about dentistry or not about, you know, Prince Harry or whatever, buy it. <laughs> Buy right. it for them. <laughs> buy it for everybody. It costs nine dollars. If you don't have nine dollars, borrow it from your kids. Let's go get everybody. They're trying to make us better as a team. Welcome that. And mm -hmm. if you just don't have it in your vocabulary, put a little sticky on your computer. Here's a thought, and I'm coaching you if you don't do this. Get away from Facebook. Get away from your computer. Don't just close your door and try to hide from everybody. <laughs> put something, put a reminder in your phone to say thank you. Just say, because you know what? The whole world can live on a little bit of appreciation at the end of the day. I love it, Chris. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What are your final takeaways? Like wrap this in a beautiful bow for me. How do I really retain new team members? Well, I, again, I, I think a robust and consistent onboarding process is going to be the key, right? It, it's a positive experience from the very beginning that that new hire is, you know, we're, we're going to invest the time in training them. And it also shows the rest of the team like, hey, this is the person and we want everybody's input. Like everybody's going to help this person to succeed. And that's just going to help to build a stronger team. It also saves time and money because turnover is hard. Um, the research that I found on that is that on average, the cost of replacing a new employee is about 20% of their annual salary. Wow. So if you think that you have a lot of turnover, do the math. And, and if you don't think that training and onboarding and taking the time to slow down isn't worth the investment, then compare it against that math of 20% of that person's annual salary and then give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> Those are so important to remember. And also, too, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Think of the time you lose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, you lose an amazing assistant and it takes you three more hires to find somebody that's even close to that. You lose a year and a half of your life and mm -hmm. you go home frustrated. So our goal, listen, the world is what it is. Our goal with this podcast is just to inspire you, give you some thought processes, make you a better leader. And it, I hope it makes your practice and your life better. And so we've got a great resource. Chris mentioned the 333 onboarding resource. Can you talk just a little bit? We're going to put it in the show notes. If I download this, what is it, Chris? So it's basically a PDF of the, all the things that we could think of. Um, it'll take you to, I don't know if it'll take you to act you or if it'll just be the PDF that we'll figure that out. But um, it will show you all of the different options on what should be included in that first three days, first three weeks, first three months. And it's general. Um, so you'll need to go in and specifically design it for your practice and for what that role is. Because obviously I'm not going to give my business team member a 333 for a dental assistant. Um, but if you, the other the other key point or a pearl that you could also have is to get your other team members involved in creating it if you don't have one already. Right. Ask your existing team members, who, who was the last dental assistant you hired? Go to her and say, hey, 
you know, we want to create this onboarding for the next person that comes in. Tell us what would have been better. What would have been better in your onboarding process? Or can you design something that would be helpful to you when we're ready to add to our team? Um, and, and, you know, there are many reasons that team members leave, you know, somebody could move away. So it doesn't mean that things are bad, but you always have to be prepared. So even if you think I've got the team of a lifetime, nobody's going to leave me still do this because people move people, you know, things happen. And so you need to be prepared. Absolutely. I love this. And one more additional thing, we're doing a lot of programming here uh, at the end of July. We will be doing our To the Top Study Club, which has grown immensely. It's wonderful. This particular content section that we're doing is on how to hire, fire, retain, keep the right type of people. The great Peter Dawson said this, when you have the right people, you can produce twice as much and half the time with a quarter of the stress. And I heard that more than 25 years ago. Well, we're going to share in our To the Top Study Club how to specifically do that with all of our tools and the other dentists that are in our study club. So dentistry is lonely. If you're out there thinking, well, how do I do this? Come join us. And um, we'll put a link down below. You'll speak to Gina on our team and she'll make sure she can make accommodations for you. I promise you, you'll love it. It'll be an amazing day of great tools so that you can create an awesome team of people around you. I'll leave you with one last thought. I said it earlier. Your team is the greatest asset you ever create. It's not your CBCT. It's not your Facebook ads. It's not your facility. It's not your education. It's the people you put around you that'll make you happy. So Chris, thank you for being on. You make me happy and everybody else here at You make me happy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, as they say in the South, I appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate you. So Cool, cool, cool. Well, th- stick around while I say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, do us a favor. Hit the share button with your friends. Keep sharing these. I love it. I don't even know how it's growing. I don't even care. It's so much fun. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. We'll keep lining them up. Download Chris's 333. Also join us for To The Top. And hey, if you just want somebody to talk to about your practice, we're here to help you. We want you to create a better practice and a better life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to The Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.